to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swizz. And uh, thank you for joining us. This is the Western Bulldogs Team Analysis, also known as the team that ruined my dreams by one point in the finals last year, boys. Uh, very dynamic, exciting to watch. I was pretty much rooting for them the whole time, except until they rooted me. So, um, <laughs> How are we looking at them, boys? They're a little bit uh, short on the preseason, but the doggies have... Go, the doggies have something to fight for this year, boys. Are you optimistic coming into this year, Chris? Oh, look, I think the doggies will uh, will be good, um, obviously. Uh, I just... I think uh, top four or five... I, th- I think there's a clear top five teams uh, that that usually ha- you know, conspire. Um, and doggies are one of them. So where they sit in that in top five is going to be anyone's guess. Uh, they obviously will have a hard draw this year because of where they sat last year. Um, they have the best midfield in the comp, bar none. Um, their forward line is improving. They they still have Ugal Hagen coming through. Uh, their defense has improved over the last couple of years. So yeah, I mean, look, the doggies could go all the way. Like. like this year. I mean, I know obviously they almost made it last year, but they could go all the way this year. It's Their draw is actually resembling of Trelaw because a lot of it, um, you're talking about how, you know, obviously the tough draw and stuff, but a lot of it's back-ended, boys. So um, I call it the Trelaw factor where pretty much it starts off nice and easy and a lot of it is the problem is in the back-end, um, <laughs> as Collingwood finances would know. Um, Swiss, do you want to talk about the start of the year, mate? Because it looks very, very, very exciting and kind of tempting to start as many doggies as you can yeah well mate i'm all on the doggy train i i was on them last year as they as the flag for the flag and for uh three quarters there they look like winning the premiership and i'm on them again as much as good as the d's are um, um i'm all in on the doggies i think they've got the best midfield in the game and the back line to do it and you look at their start the d's is going to be a massive match melbourne you know unveiling the flag um but so that could go either way. The blue bag is at home. Swanee's at home. Richmond, who they've had the wood on us for a little while. Near North, they belted by about 120 points in that Good Friday game last year. The Crows at Mars, they're pretty well unbeatable up at Ballarat. Uh, the Bombers also at Marvel. So they've got a lot of games under the roof at uh, over there in Docklands. Then they play Port, and then it's the Pies. The Suns back at Mars. Oof, that could be a fucking belting. The Eagles, well, there's another belting. And then you get into that buy buy period, but yeah, they uh, they do love to beat up teams at, at their home deck, and especially up in uh, the cold of cold of Ballarat. Especially around five and six, and then I think it's um, ten and eleven or something like that. So you look at uh, so the first what four games, right? Not too bad, but then five and six, you're not going to be able to upgrade in time in order for these dogs players to play North to play Adelaide. You're not going to be able to upgrade your players in time to jump on, which is kind of why it's tempting, you know, the people that have a high ceiling. So your Dunkley's right. Perfect for their Trelaw can go well if he's fit and, you know, has been known to average, you know, large amounts of points before. Um, McRae as well, you know, he just does what he has to do week in, week out, super consistent, but he can easily get on the outside against some weaker teams. So it's really tempting. I think um, this, this year more than any, especially the Bulldogs, 
are a huge, huge candidate for super trades because you got to realise in round three, which I think is is where most people will spend that first super trade, where and just so for those who don't know the new rules and how it's all set up is that you can you've got five times a year when you can say yep I want to use an extra trade this week and I think round three you kind of have to use it and it could be one where you go okay well my mid price forward isn't working I need to go either one down one up and try and get someone like a Trelaw or if you didn't start Dunkley and he's absolutely popping off you've got to get him before his price rise and I think that once we've established that over the first two games as to how those midfielders are going to be playing where they're going to be playing and what their scoring potential looks like then we can go okay I'm going to lock in X or I'm going to lock in Y and you can adjust your team around that so they're definitely a candidate because like you say those early run of, of games is just so powerful that you don't want to miss that boat. You don't want to get to the buys and be like, oh, well, I'm going to jump on that. But I want to touch on these extra trades real briefly. So that for me, there's three strategies. And then it's funny because some people are saying, oh, the trades don't change much, right? And I've seen some different chat they forums. Do. I've seen chat forums where they're saying, oh, trades don't change much because we're going to need the trades for injuries and whatever. I'm like, well, you can't go in there expecting chaos. Do you know what I mean? Because usually you try and trade based on your premiums and you leave some up your sleeve and you hope to get lucky. That's kind of how the game works. So for me, number one is that third round buffer. Get yep. on someone before the price changes. Get an extra rookie that you haven't got if you completely shit the bed, that is. Second one is, right now that you have more trades, you could actually start, and I know we always go for 12 premiums, and I love 12 premiums, and I have, I think, 13 premiums in my side at the moment, but it can now actually say, voice to reason, you might actually be able to start slightly less premiums and be more aggressive with your trades and use some of those extra trades to upgrade your mid-prices sooner. Go super aggressive, get your berries, your rainers, and literally by sort of what, round five, six, seven, eight, you've just gone bang, 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 or, and so, just gone upgrades. Or the other side of that is, oh, fuck, these mid-prices aren't working. Fucking trade them to rookies, bang, so that you can get the premiums that you're missing to, to really fix your side. You got five trades to essentially fix your side that you didn't have last year. And or the, well, actually, you ended up with thirty-four last year, but that's. And the third you know, one is being extremely aggressive over the buys. Not to mention, we're going to get three, more trades again during the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you have three three trades in the buys, plus you can then add the trade boost as well, I believe. Yes, you can. Uh, so that's you could be extremely aggressive during the buy period to make sure a you have a full complement of eighteen. But also you have get to that be full, fully upgraded by the end of the buys. Correct. There is no excuse this year. That's correct. So that's why, I mean, you, those mid-prices kind of could be advantageous because you can go one down, one up, bang, you're done. And use some of those trades really aggressively early. And you could have more premiums than other people if you are extremely aggressive early on. Uh, it's just a theory and you need rookies, obviously, to play their part. But it's what I'm watching for. Swizz, what do you think about the trades this year and how that's going to impact everything? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, I think... Different people are going to use it different ways. Some people are going to be worried about COVID, so they're going to hold. Other people are going to be super aggressive and try to uh, get their team upgraded as quickly as possible. Um, you know, it's all going to depend on injuries too. Like um, if, if people have to use them early for their injuries, buy period is going to be very good time because you know, you're going to have those four trades a week. Um, so I think those, uh, the, the second and third rounds of the buy, you're going to see a lot of people doing eight trades. So, yeah, I think there's, it brings in a whole lot of different strategies and we're going to know um, a lot about how people are playing in those first few weeks. Yeah, and look, exactly what you just said there at the end hits the nail on the head. There's going to be so many different strategies this year than it ever has been. And so when you're 
talking to people and they're saying, no, 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 this is, it doesn't change anything. I think that's it does. absolute fucking bullshit. It changes. Just those two things alone, extra trades and being able to trade an additional five times. It's huge. It, it changes Imagine things. going into last year knowing you had 34 trades. That changes things in itself. Let alone, you know, coming into this year knowing you've got 35 trades, you've got an extra trade that you can use at any time. Uh, like, all of this is just completely different. So, yeah, I, I don't agree with... The, the, the theory that nothing changes. I think that's absolute rubbish. Me too. I do agree. Um, interesting. All right, so let's move on to these premiums, boys. Jack McRae, yep. 699,000. Basically, as close to 700 as you can get. 22 games, average 128.6. Extremely consistent throughout the year. Basically, the first third, 127. The second third, 127. The third third, 131 average. Um, extremely durable, consistent. Seven 130s, five 140s. Now, here's the key kicker that I was telling Swizz. On the negative side, only one score over 150 in 2021. And the positive is he had a low score of 97. So he only dropped below 100 once. So that's a consistency we're looking at. He just finds the ball. But when we talk about damage factor, right? So consistent, soft draw, I want McRae. Based on, I think he's just going to be consistent. I'm not going to be able to afford him later. So I might as well get him now because of that soft run to start. But Steele went 150 five times. Steele has hurt factor that McRae doesn't have at this point. I agree with you, 100%. Swiss? Yeah, 100%. We've talked about that. If the, It all depends on how many of these doggies are fit. Like, we know how good of a player Trelaw is. Um, it just, you know, he's sort of had that up and down injury history. You've got uh, Dunks, who's had a you know, more freaking accident injury last year, which took him out. That saw that spike in McRae scoring when uh, both of them, you know, went out. They're trying to get the time into Bailey Smith when he's right to go. Uh, and then, you, and that's not then discounting Libar and Bont, yeah. So they've, and and even Lockie Hunter on the wing. So they've got so many guys who score well, and if they're all in, doesn't matter how much they're winning by. Um, you know, there's only a, there's a limit to super coach points. So I think McRae, if everyone's fit and firing, he's got a cap to him. Um, if injuries start happening, well, you you want to be on the McRae train. And we'll move on to Bont and Pelly because it ties in with Good a whole segue. bunch of other people. Yeah. Uh, 651,000 average, 119.7, so really close to that 120. Now, here's the thing with me. All right, they had McRae, Dunkley, Trelaw in quite a few of those games. I think all of them played about six or seven games at that first one. Bontepilly went about 114.6, so respectable, 114.6. Then they had a whole bunch of injuries. Dunkley went down. Trelaw didn't play many. I think he played three games out of the next sort of seven or eight. And Bontepilly went 137.8, uh, 137.3, should I say. Then, and then what happened there? And then Trelaw yeah. sort of comes back and plays a few games. Dunkley sort of comes back towards, the, you know, was it right right back at the end of the year? Yeah. And uh, he played five games at that point, right? And then all of a sudden, Botapilli goes 104.9 for the last seven. I think, look, I think the, the, the flat blanket rule is this. If they have a, compliment, a full complimented team, then I think he's capped at 110 because I think he plays too much time forward. And don't get me wrong, he can score as a forward. Just a team player, though. And exactly right. So does does that make him a top eight uh, mid? Maybe, but at his price, are you investing in him to start? No, and not only that, Bontepelli, it's the Petrarca, it's the impact players where they have, as we say, high highs and low lows. You know Bont's going to throw a couple of lower games in there, so you'll be able to pick him up cheaper, whereas McRae doesn't give you low games. No, he's going to be consistent the whole way through. I don't actually, like, don't get me wrong, I don't actually hate Bont. Because of the start of the season. And he went 153 times. He has a high ceiling, like, but he does drop. If you think, okay, let's say even if he does play forward, you want to get him at the start if he's playing forward because he's going to be, they're going to be comp- absolutely destroying teams. So 
starting bonds not necessarily a bad thing. I just personally, I think he's over the year. I think he's probably capped. I think he's probably one ten to one fifteen, and I don't think that that's enough at his price point to justify a starting selection. Yeah. yeah so my my theory on uh, so Bont last year, um, outside that one forty five against West Coast in round two, um, you know there was the eighty two, the ninety two in there, and then Dunkley went down after round six. So against the Blues, he got that one fifty five, Port one twenty eight. And then Trelaw went halfway down halfway through the St. Kilda match. All of a sudden, Bont, 159, 125, 149, 143, 156. Huge. Then Dunkley came back, and then Trelaw came back, and then Bont was 93, 136, 87, 114, 67. So it, it just shows, you know, Chris likes a good correlation, and that's, uh, yep. you know, when those guys are in, in, Bont goes forward. If those guys are out, also, Bont, you need to have. Sorry, sorry, Swizz, it's me that likes the correlation. Chris oh, well, likes, mate, Chris likes, giving Chris. He like likes smoke and mirrors, shit. mate. He likes <laughs> smoke and mirrors. But I will say this. If there was a, and this is, it, it's his curse and, his, and, and a good thing as well. Um, Bont, in my opinion, is their best midfielder but he's also one of their best forwards. And obviously that counteracts against each other. He's so What that means though, is that if he's playing midfield, he's going to cop some attention. <laughs> he doesn't have never, he virtually never just runs through midfield without attention. So if he's uh, someone that they want to tag, it's usually him because McRae will just find the pill. It's kind of like the old rugby league. What is it? Walker's on, Walker's on, Walker's on. Says Bontepelli moves into the midfield. They're like, yeah. Bonds in the midfield. Bonds in midfield. Bonds in the midfield. Absolutely. Get on him. And as soon as that happens, they've got to have attention on him because he's just too damaging to be left outside. Or if they don't see him, he'll just rack it up and tear them a new one. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, Bonds and Pelly, right, let's McCray's get on him. McRae's death of a thousand cuts, but those cuts are like, eh, we can deal with it. You know, if Bond played 22 games in the midfield, he wins the Brownlow. Oh, I guarantee. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Sold. Two it, years' time, I reckon. Unfortunately, Bont, he's also the captain of the football club and he's just trying to do the best thing for the Bulldogs, <laughs> which is for him to play a mix of mid and forward, to be honest. Yep. So Exactly. 2024, I think Bontepelli wins there. Um, boys, moving on. There's, there's so much relevance. Josh Dunkley, mid forward, 558,000. Uh, we know that that's completely under the average, 102.5. He's torn it up a lot before. First six games last year went 129. Did syndesmosis. Wasn't quite right when he came back. Then started to, which has happened twice now, when he gets injured, it's kind of like Bevo just goes, right, you're injured. I'll just move on without you. Oh, it happens with and a lot then, of players. Yeah, they, and then they, they start come, playing forward but but, to get But it's like, we'll move on it. without you. And then the other person that's doing your role is doing a good job. So it's like, well, they get first crack. You've just got to kind of come in and fill and, and do it. And Bevo is classic like yeah. that. It's like, well, mate, you you went down. you got to work it back. You, you went on holiday. we got someone else to fill your role. And they're doing your role pretty well. We're winning games. So guess what? You're going to have to do something else until they shit the bed. And you can prove that you can take that instead. Still one of the best first possession players in the entire competition, by the way, Josh Dunkley. So, so CBA, contested ball, did enough on the weekend. But you're like, I looked at him. I was like, okay, he did enough. did, did he, enough. He scored 124, didn't he? Yeah, but it didn't look like he was absolutely well, dominating. Because he's, he's... Yeah, contested ball. He's in gets an underwork. In there, yeah, CBAs, and then he can also get forward. He's um, Patrick Cripps, but can spread from a contest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll talk a bit about his game the other day because I was watching that closely. Oh. But had a, uh, messy, a um, question there for Nico. Um, asking, do you think the uh, dogs are going to back Dunkley in because it's his last year of his contract? Um, and we we saw that the year before when there was that all that talk about him possibly going to Essendon, and then he started in the midfield and started like a you know house on fire. And then, yep. as you said, when he came back in, was uh, playing that more defensive role. 
Um, but on the weekend, uh, what was it last Wednesday mm-hmm. against the Bombers? Yeah, it seemed like he was all around the ball, um, just letting playing kind of similar to what McRae was doing. The only difference between him and McRae was Dunkley was going a little bit more by foot and was butchering the ball. So his, his game probably could have been a bit higher because he kept getting the yeah. ball and turning it over. His, his um, footwork is... got lucky with some of those kicks. His, his handwork is amazing, but his footwork's not, not the best. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, he can still kick a goal, so who gives a shit, right? So And if you don't know yeah. if he's coming or going, right, then realistically you playing him in the guts is just going to increase his trade value anyway. Mm. Why play him forward and go, okay, cool. Well, it's like, yeah, look, Dunkley's really good, but we'll give you a late first round or a whatever. Or if he's dominating, plays midfield this year, tears the competition apart because you're like, right, you're a midfielder, go play midfield, or you know, a, a big chop out, and then hey, look, you're playing Carlton, go go forward and kick a few goals again like you have previously. But it, his trade value goes up. So if he does decide to leave, then at least it's a little bit of reassurance, like hey, like this guy might leave, but at least we'll get good value. I mean, he's like, a free agent, and that is actually played longer. He probably has played longer. Than yeah, he will be a free agent at the end of the year. Free agent. Yeah. Um, uh, look, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. Eight so years. Seven yeah, years. this is eight years, yeah. Um, and so here's the thing with Dunkley as well. I mean, he gets a free pass because he's a forward, right? And he's arguably, you could make a fucking argument that the Josh best. Dunkley is the best supercoach player at in supercoach. He could potentially be the best supercoach. You could make an argument. Well, he has the best ceiling of any forward we have. No, uh, he could be the best midfielder. Like, he could be the number one supercoach player this year as a forward. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that year, I can make that argument. That year, three seasons ago, when he went 116. And that when he actually And the back end was like 135 gone. or something stupid. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if they were playing him, and as we talked about, because Bont will do the team thing, if Dunkley's in the guts, that uh, he, he could go absolutely massive. Like, he could be 10 to 15 points under value. And, and what happens if he does get traded in the year? He has to be the number one, right? Yep. It's got to be the guy that you go. Okay, well, this is this is a lock. Even Adam Adam Trelaw even came out saying he'll do the Will Gould thing and deliver water. He just doesn't want to play for Collingwood boys. He's happy. <laughs> he's happy just doing whatever the team wants him to do. Yeah, cool, mate. I'll play wing. I'll play forward. Did you tell me what I'm doing? Oh, uh, mate, he's the only guy in that entire AFL who's lost he's to like, the grand finals. Mate, he's like scrappy. Oh, he's, oh, he's like scrappy dude. He's like, Sorry, let, let me at him. Let me I at him. Love you, Adam. I really do. You're yeah, actually you even, one of my favourite players you of all had time. You a swish. How dare you? I shouldn't have said that. I just He, he upset me about Collingwood and I got antsy. And it was, I love you, Adam. Oh. And I love your family. Sorry. Yeah, right. right. We're good. Uh, okay, so moving on. Now, let's have a quick look. I want to touch on another one. A little bit left field here, boys. Before we kind of get on to a little bit more of a Trelaw and uh, a Tim English kind of vibe, Bailey Dale has to be recognised, boys. 518K, 22 games, 95 average. Super consistent. Super consistent. But not only that, he was dominating just coming out. He was you know, elite by foot. He was taking uh, more kickouts than Caleb Daniel. Um, went big in the, um, was it the trial game? Bailey Dale, it's, it's a smoky because no one really picks him. He doesn't really get a whole bunch of attention. But for standard, I could see value. Right, even though I see probably better options elsewhere, but he could be the smoky under the radar in draft leagues as well. Bailey Dale could be in for a low hundred average this year, boys. Swizz, take this one because I don't want to just knock him off his perch. Yeah, I probably like him more than Caleb Daniel, as much as the little helmet, you know, does a job, and we know what he does. But yeah, he looked so good the other day. He was the one they were looking for coming out of defence. Um, my only problem is because of all those dogs players, I just think he's cap where, you know, Ridley, Short, uh, even Sick Dog. There's um, just so Apple, many other options. They've all got, I there's agree. so many oh, options with more draft value. Where I think, 
we know what Bailey Dell. Oh, I think at best he's got five points in him. At best, yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I think a hundred, and then Daniel Swiss, probably goes to an eighty-nine. Swiss nailhead, like absolutely. I mean, at his price, you just wouldn't pick him. I've There's heard. Just, I've heard of people looking to go there, Chris. I'm trying to be optimistic for some of the listeners. It's not a one-way street. No, it is not. A, he's not a. Terrible option. No, he's not. Gonna, but I he's think he averages 100. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In draft I just leagues, think I think better 100. players. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And if you're going to get on him, look, start him because that soft draw at the start, they're going to get a lot of super coach points. But I, I just, I always hate, I mean, it's it's stupid to say when you're talking about dogs because, I mean, look at how many guys have got super coach relevant. And then they've got about six or seven guys that literally, are you still on a list? <laughs> like, like um, nice former after Mitch Wallace, <laughs> literally case in point. Hey, I'm just surprised Dalhouse is still playing at Geelong Boys, but um, oh, former wow. dog. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't hate Bailey Dale. I just, I just think that there's like if you're going at that price, short a little bit more. 12k more gets you short. Eight, 18k less gets you Whitfield. 70k less gets you Sicily and, and like and 118,000 dollars less and you get gets you a Georgie Hewitt. <laughs> Hewitt. Oh, yeah, I, you I set you up for that one. Yeah, okay. you did. I did. You, I, okay. That was a video joke as well for those playing at home. I hope you enjoyed that one on YouTube. <sighs> and this is why Chris doesn't drink over multiple pods. <laughs> uh, this is like a flashback to the end of season. Uh, okay, boys, moving on. Adam Trelaw uh, as a forward option. As a midfielder, shit pick, you wouldn't go there. Draft leagues may be on a bench or like your last, your M8 to M7 or whatever you're doing in draft leagues. However, as a forward, he is very tempting, boys, because he has averaged, what, 111, 117, or 115? He's pushed up there before, boys. Um, he Playing did, for the greatest club of all time, oh, though, at the time. Fuck, so, fuck up, Chris. Uh, first seven games last year, average 101.6. He could definitely push that 100 oh. barrier. And as a forward, that is pretty much what you're looking for. Swizz, are you, do you think he, if his body holds up, right, is it someone that you might be like, hey, let me start, I'll start with them because if they get injured, I can at least get them out. Instead of if he starts popping off with their soft draw, which Trelaw probably does love a good seagull, it's going to be harder to bring them in and you might burn two trades. What do you think? Yeah, no, sorry, boys. I was just distracted there for a second. I just found out my buddy, uh, my wife's grandma just died. So congratulations oh, to her family. Buddy. And that wasn't what I was expecting while I was doing the pod there. But um, moving on, yeah, I think you're talking about Trelaw. Um, yeah. Like the, uh, we, we saw what he did at uh, over at Collingwood. It was at 116. Uh, no, so I'm looking at Dunkley there. What do we have, Chalor? Swiss, you, you, go, you go be with your no, missus, no, it's all mate, good. and we can finish. No, at at uh, Collingwood there, he had 111, 101, 109, 113. So, yep. yeah, the guy's just a genuine gun midfielder. Um, and even in the eight games he played the previous year, 109. So I think he's massively undervalued. Uh, we saw what he did in the grand final last year. And even the preliminary prelim final where the 123, 122 looked so good the other day. Can get forward to kick goals. Um, so as a forward pick at his price, I do think he, there's a lot of value there and um, I'm not against the pick. And I think 15, yeah, 15% have him in at the moment. So if, you're, if you've got that little bit of extra cash and you're worried about Heaney, um, I don't mind the going up to Trelaw. Well, Heaney and Trelaw, Heaney has body issues. Heaney has no, role issues. No, doesn't. And no, this is correct. why I'm looking at Trelaw. And if you're going to get on him, you've got to start him. Yep, mm-hmm. at his pro- At his price, at the draw... Like, there's no reason to not start him unless... And I, I actually don't... I hate the pick. So if I'm looking at, like... Front, if I go rewind back to the start of a super, when Supercoach opened, I looked at Andrew and I'm like, no chance. Literally no chance. But not one forward presents itself as a absolute lock outside of Dunkley. 
And now you're like, okay, well, do I run both? So if you're already locking in Dunkley, because I kind of think you have to, do you run both? Yeah, it's tough. And, and if you're running McRae and you think Bonds might in the mix, then it's it's a tough one. But now, if we went back a few years, though, if you had Adam Trelaw as a forward option, you would lock that in and you yeah, would say he would be 80% owned. It's different. Yeah, I know. But still, going back, you would sort well, of go, you, well... Chris, you, you know a bit more about him because obviously he's played for the Pies those last three, four years. And I... He just shit me up the wall because he thought Collingwood had a better list. That worked out well for him. But hmm. um, what what do you actually realistically think he could average at the Bulldogs? I think that he's definitely someone who can average a hundred at the at the best. The, the problem the problem is so in those and you were right in, in bringing up the finals game because that's when he actually really shone. But in the elimination final, he got forty six. So the, the 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 difference between his best and his worst used to be overcome by his accumulation because he just gets so much ball. It doesn't really matter how, how badly he kicks. In the in the prelim and in the final, he kicked goals, and that's what accelerated his score up to that sort of 120 mark. If he's going to be playing this amount of forward mid split, he needs to kick goals for him to average decent. So, And I do, I do think he can, but he's capped. At Collingwood, he could be a 110, 115 averaging player, at the dogs, I think maximum 100, 105, which is good enough as a forward. It's good enough. The problem is still, okay, so let's say he does that, but he also got the injury concern of, of an Adam Trelaw, who over the last three seasons has shown that he cannot stay on the park, let alone for, what, 13, 13 games is his most he's, he's had in the last three seasons, is it? He used to be Not very sure. reliable. Then he's he done his hamstrings, both hamstrings yeah, at once. La- and then his, <sighs> his last three, he had uh, 13 last year, eight, 22 that year in 2019. And yep. then the year before was 13. Yeah. So he's just had the one year where he's played the full. And unfortunately, full it's, what it's soft tissue. That's the problem. The full it's year was one soft tissue. Which was his uh, best year. So if he gets 22 games, he's going 110, boys. Nah. <laughs> no chance. Uh, not, not with that midfield, he's not. Yeah, I mean, he could go one. I could see him going 105. Yeah, at, yeah. At, at a peak, yeah, at a peak. But it's one of those ones with the soft draw. He's definitely someone that could it's just, see goal. It's just his, if yeah, it wasn't tough. soft tissue, you'd be like, you're looking at him. But I don't think you can. Yeah, interesting. It's a tough one. And I'm looking at definitely this weekend as the, um, if he impresses me enough this weekend, you might be like, look, let's roll the dice. Uh, this weekend, I'm looking at a few players uh, in depth. Again, he's, he's in more of a mix now because Heaney's just, you yep. know, whatever, with Papley as well. And then Dago's just gone and done a rib. So the other two candidates that would be the guys that you would have instead of him, they're out the window. I heard Dago is so um, so injured, he's even considering himself calling himself Prince. <laughs> what? Just removing a rib? No, Prince. He's like a Marilyn Manson. He's like, yeah, Mr. Jordan, uh, you seem to have broken a rib. And he's like, oh, yeah, just remove that one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just take it out. <laughs> just take that one She'll out. She'll be right. Yep. Um, moving on, Benny. Crunches. Um, this was a question from uh, young Riley. Um, he's actually his dad's an absolute legend. Know this, but uh, no Painy who will be tuning into the show. But yeah, Riley's asked me about Timmy English, and I know we've had a lot of discussions about the ruck. Could you see a, a world where you start Timmy English in the rucks and then move him down the forwards and be a possible top six forward with cover for the rucks? Right. First of all. Uh, your friend Riley is living up to his last name by being a pain sending in fucking questions during pod time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so that's that's the first thing. Let's get this right off the bat. Riley <laughs> fucking pain. Um, now, Tim English, Ruckford. Now, I've actually considered this, right? So he's 482,000. 
with the ruck dilemma that's going on at this time, I was like, okay, well, could English push? You know, because let's... He's definitely a watch, well, Eng- right? English did have that. What, he got 200 one, one game. So he, yeah. that's a glimpse. Now, uh, Steph Martin worries me. He's old. I'm hoping Steph Martin kind of falls over. I'm hoping or a forward... Is that because he went to another club or because... No, no, no. It's, it's more more selfishness for English, but... Or, He's friends with Jared Pollock, isn't he? Or like Ugo Hagen or Shaki or Bruce, um, Bruce, was it Bruce? Bruce comes back in or something. They have a forward line that stands up that they don't need Bontempelli. They don't need English to actually hold them together with a bunch of sticky tape. If that happens... Right, either Steph Martin goes down, or the forward line decides to show up, and Ugle Hayden decides to actually, hey boys, I'm actually a top pick, and I can actually lead. From example, then it is very well noteworthy and considering because Tim English, you could four eighty two, whatever it is, four eighty two thousand, you could put him in your ruck line, and have that swing option. At least that way, you know, I'll see what the best rucks are because at the moment there's a, a a bit of a blanket over you know two, three, four. You know, you have your uh, Nick Nats, you have your Gorns, you have your Darcy's, even uh, Riley O'Brien, you know, could at his best push those top rucks. So you can wait and see. And then once you know the ruck you want, then bang, English into that forward line. Bang, I upgrade and I have my ruck. And other people will be stuck in a set and forget if Gorney's only going a 105 or a 110 because Jackson's playing. If Dor- if um, was it um, Darcy's killing it, then you don't want to be handcuffed. So it's it's one of those years where... Gorn and Grundy, I'm starting to lean towards as more of security, but I have had English at my R2, and I'm waiting to see how the dogs set up with their soft draw and how their ruck line sets up, Chris. Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree in a lot of what you said. I am heavily considering English. Talking about Riley being a pain? or Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <Riley> <laughs> Fucking Swiss. This, mate, mate, this yeah, isn't mailbag. Mate, Rolls is a good guy. And that's good, good cricket. Oh, his name's Rolls no. now. Okay, he's Riles, just changed Riles, it up. Mate, I have to talk to you. <laughs> Swiss thinks no, no. this is Jock Reynolds' fucking mailbag. Yeah, Sending mate. in all the mate, boys' well, questions. Mate, the people, want, the people have got questions. No, I agree. Yeah, he's got more friends than us, all three of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Chris, speak for yourself, mate. I had a friend, but he used to show up for podcasts, you fucking <laughs> bastard. <laughs> it's all right, mate. There's another okay. wedding that I'll get you involved in. Oh, hey, and you better not have Mercer as your best man. He fucking butchered that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Pretty much gets up there. Oh, Chris. Oh, so, yes, um, I'm pretty much using the same speech, and it's lovely. And he repeated it three times. It's lovely to have Chris as, uh, have me as his best man again. And, he could um, literally. I, I never thought he would be married again. And thanks. And uh, third yeah. time's a charm, you know. Have, have you like. ever actually been a best man in the wedding? You got to do the speech, and you got to say, you know, how how good looking the bride. No, I haven't, because because Ben that, hasn't had a wedding yet. Oh, so. really? And that, and when when oh. your mates when your mates uh, other half isn't attractive, yeah, exactly and you could right. actually say that. Uh, um, I have been best man, and the the friends. <laughs> Mrs. was a redhead, so I used some poker analogy on, um, you know, she's the red um, of, you gave her the red of diamonds and now she's the red of hearts or some bullshit. Oh, look at this guy. Um, shout out to Matty Davison. He's a little bit cute, this guy. Yeah, I'm not sure. shouting out my mate because he, he pro- oh, I hope he never shout listens to, to this because he'll be like, what do you mean, mate? And shout out to Stuart Davison who's been a keen listener saying, boys, when you release some more podcasts, which is funny because he actually just hits me up on Facebook, not to say hi, Stuart, fuck you. Because um, <laughs> he actually doesn't Send like in a video, Stuart. We'll we, get you on, mate. Well, yeah, auditions. I, I've told both Damien and Stuart they should just call in one night. We can call them in. Anyway, Absolutely. Talk anyway, about. So Tim English, um, I, am, I am actually very, very interested. Uh, his price point's obviously very interesting as well because you can start him as a forward or a ruck. 
or start him as a ruck and move him forward because obviously we've got Charlie Combin there. So, yep. um, especially I, with the uncertainty of Proust, I've actually looked heavily at if Proust doesn't come up, how do I change my side? And to me, Tim English is the most obvious selection. It's notorious of the English, mate. They swing both ways. That's classic, the, um, classic English. The, the thing I don't mind about English is, you know, we talk about like uh, Riley O and Darcy and that you want to see that ceiling of scoring. He has got a 204. Which yep. was only the year before. Uh, thanks, Perth. I said that two hours what ago. What we do know, though, as well. <laughs> but what we do know as well is... <laughs> I did. I said English had 200. Oh, man. I didn't hear you. What we do know is about right, English is right. that, unfortunately, Bevo doesn't rate him as a fucking Ruckman. Right? That, so, that is the worry. Yeah. So, but they, he just signed a two-year contract extension. Yeah, but oh, I think wow. got, I think Perth are upset. I think they... <laughs> per- Perth are upset. They are. I think that... Um, Obviously, with West Bevo, Coast are upset. Shut the fuck up. out. Oscar's done his foot. Let me get my place. sentence out. Oscar's done his foot. Um, yeah, I think with uh, with Bevo, if he comes out as the sole ruckman in round one, then you've got to. I, I don't think I can start without him because as a forward option, he would arguably be in contention for the number what one yep. to three forward. And at worst, he's at least flexible enough to get you a 90-plus at worst right. and be able to swing forward and ruck to cover you through COVID or whatever. So, And I think is uh, at very like at 482, he's at decent price point where you're like, oh, well, if, he's not, if he goes fucking ham, great. But if he only averages a 90 or 95, are you really complaining about it? No, because it's just Heaney, but better looking and taller. <laughs> exactly right. And maybe plays more games. I don't know. Like, probably plays more games. Actually, definitely plays more games. Uh, yeah, so I actually really don't hate uh, English at all. He's got a, a huge scope for potential in terms of supercoach scoring. Um, unfortunately, obviously, he plays for a dogs in which the, the, we've all talked about the pie before. Um, he's... Yeah, not that necessarily the best tap ruckman of all time, but uh, I just don't think they really have many options down there. And I think if they want to improve, they need to improve around the ground, not in the ruck position. If there's 22 players on a football team, two of those can't be Steph Martin and Tim English, in my opinion. Mm. They need to have a, a forward that can chop out, not Tim English and Steph Martin. I, I, I don't know how that is a thing in uh, 2022. All right, we need to move on, boys. Um, we've pretty much spoken about five players for 33 minutes. So um, Bailey Smith is the next one, 472,000 now. Avoid. Yes, at this point in time, it's Bail. for us, it's Literally. an avoid. Um, but it's not common knowledge, Chris. Um, possibly mental health we've spoken about, and it's been publicly spoken about mental health. Might have had a little bit of a setback on that. Um, wait and see, but I haven't. he didn't play the last game, didn't play the trial game. We kind of got information about a month ago that we haven't released because it's pers- well, yeah, it's not really our place. Um, definitely not our place. Definitely not our place. Um, so at this point, I'd be avoiding him in draft leagues and I'd be keeping an eye out for when he does return. Um, but yes, there is definitely some risk involved in that. I do love him. I love to watch him play. I love Absolute his, jet. Love his haircut. Absolute jet. fucking jet. And um, wish him a speedy... I want to see him as soon as I can. Let's face it. And everyone does. So hopefully he is... Maybe he's playing this weekend. I don't know. But let's hope and see. But for draft leagues, in the meantime, I'd probably just wait and see yeah. and let uh, someone look, else ride that train. Here's here's the thing with Bailey Smith. I think he could be one of the best midfielders in the competition in a couple of years. And that's that's not... That's no slight on other midfielders. But he's got that X factor that I see in Zach Butters where he just... Like what he does with the football, his explosiveness from the contest... It's just it, it. There's only a unparalleled. Handful. Unparalleled. There's a handful of guys in the comp that have that ability. Unfortunately, Patrick Cripps. He plays for a team that has about five huge accumulating midfielders. Yeah. That are, that are in front of him. They are. 
Um, so his roles at the moment is always going to be wing or half forward. And hopefully he gets enough half forward to make a DPP. Him as a DPP might actually be worthwhile. Um, but again, for draft leagues, I'll let that sort of slide through. What do you through. think, Swizz, on Smithy? Uh, yeah, no, leave for now. But if you're in a keeper league, definitely target that bloke. Yep. No, I agree. Yep. Uh, moving on, let's move a little bit further down the list here, boys, and we can touch on anyone that you wanted in the meantime. But... Um, Rookies, though. Parker is one, 102K mid forward. Um, so, as I probably get to touch on this one, and also McComb. I think McComb only yeah. came on a little bit, uh, only played a partial game in the trial. So, I'll watch to see him, but found plenty of ball, one to watch. As on the rookie front, and I'm going to tag uh, Mitch Wallace in this as well, who's 223K. Um, who, who do we have on the basement price that we can keep an eye on? Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on McComb because he's a, a friend, a family friend of my um, wife's family. Um, so well, they they were wrapped to see him big. big is he up. is he playing? Um, to, uh, well, he, he's he's going to be. I think very similar to like was it Anthony Scott last year? Yeah, um, he's still was the on list, by the way. He just <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, they're they're going to be on the fringe. I think, especially with the fact he's a twenty five year old, um, small forward, loves to tackle. Uh, well, you know, obviously in the VFL he got more up the ground than that, but I think I could see him playing up in that that sort of role. Um, and, and getting some games, you know, Bev likes his mature ages coming in and playing those small forward roles. So he's one to watch out. I think he will get an opportunity at some point. Just the question is, will he start? And again, it's very similar to Charlie Parker there, 24-year-old who's played in the um, Sandful Sturt. Um, but he's a little bit more taller. He's 193 centimetres. So I don't know if he's going to get as much of a go because he's that more wingman defender, um, penetrated kick. But the the dogs, as we've said, you know, apart from Bellydale, Daniel, Bailey Williams, Crozier, they've got a ton of those Yeah, blokes. exactly. Um, so I think McComb if you is the one to keep an eye on out of the both of them. Okay, makes sense. And what do you think about... Um possibly the re-comeback of Mitchie Wallace if a draft Yeah, I don't mind it. Do you think no, he's coming back be- or nah? Uh, well, I mean, you got to remember Lipinski's he not has there. been the vice captain and done Ooh. it before. Yeah, no, Lipinski is a fair call, Chris. It's, um, there's, a, there's a small role there or at least a bump up in, in mid-rotations for someone to take that. Or at least forward role. Absolutely. And I, 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 I love Mitch Wallace. Unfortunately, he's completely underutilized in his current role. Um, but I I think that there's potential that he could improve. I, I, I'm not sure. He's definitely not going to be in standard contention, in my opinion. I don't think there's any chance of that. But I, I think that in draft leagues, if you jump him on your bench as your last guy, man, you, you could do a lot worse than a Mitch Wallace. I can absolutely assure you that. Yep. And anything else, boys? Draft leagues? I think that's it. Don't pick Shaki. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't pick Shaki. That's about um, it. Yeah, no, I think I think I um, possibly a little look at Ed Richards. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yep. Just because you know we've seen seen what he can do, um, possibly could play on the other wing. That uh, you know they're a big fan of him, and just probably didn't have the season he wanted. I think there's also last year also a case to be made for Taylor Durea. Um mm-hmm. He's in, in the leadership group, which is surprising to me because I didn't think he was even close to like one of their better players. But he obviously shows a lot in the leadership category as well as on the field. And he does do some great things defensively. But what that does is lock up some really good job security for someone like Taylor Durrell, who I always thought was you know, in their 18 to 22 players mm. and, and not necessarily even in their best 22 at times. 
Played 21 games last year. Obviously played a lot of games for the Hawks. I think there's def- definitely a situation where Taylor Duray could get more responsibility in that back line and could average some half-decent scores. So for a, especially for a draft league, I, I think that, again, you could do a lot worse than getting some like Dale, Taylor Duray. And that's why I've um, got the Bulldogs, again, as my premiership favourites because their depth in their in their side, they've got a lot of mature age guys. And we haven't even talked about, you know, Johannesons, players like that who have, um, you know, even Toby McLean, who have played roles for them in the past. If One, they were to get some 110 injuries, average so Toby McLean. My, my, my favourite my favorite Toby, the 110 average. Oh, McLean, <laughs> you mean the injured McLean? When's he even coming back? What did he do? ACL returning sometime in 2022, same as Bruce. O'Brien unlikely for round one. Um, man. Yeah, oh, so. by the way, uh, Tim O'Brien, I know he's unlikely for round one, but he's playing as an, he was training as an intercept defender in the offseason. Mm. So, again, another one to uh, to keep an eye on, especially in draft leagues. He's going to go to the waiver, probably. Yeah, I think they were trying to get him. Who was the Was it a former captain that used to intercept a lot? Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Eaton Wood. Uh, Wood, e- Easton Wood. Easton Wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Eaton probably, well, probably Eaton. trying to train up I'd someone. much prefer his new name, Eaton Wood. Eaton Wood. Um, I think, was it the Dogs last year would use the most <laughs> players or the second most players? Like, yeah. They've, they've just got so yeah. much depth in their team that they, any player can come in any week and do a role for them. <laughs> Sorry, Swizz. Uh, Eaton Wood, that's why they never played him on the pine, mate, because he just fucking <laughs> eat. <laughs> he just eat he loved playing on the pine. He'd eat his, his way favorite. onto the... That was, What's your favorite position? <laughs> Eat his way onto the field. Uh, anyway, that is the Bulldogs, a highly relevant side for standard for draft for everyone, and we do love to watch them. And that's it, boys and girls. We'll catch up you next time with, uh, was it the the shittest team in the league, the West Coast Eagles? End with the shit. And, uh, yeah, the team that has, uh, was it a struggling list of 20 fit players? Isn't it Pride? Is it? No, it's, it's Pride of the West. What, how, what's the West Coast theme song? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, that's, um, that's the West. That's, with, that's a, with a big, big sound, is it? Um, Swiss, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Swiss, mate. We'll catch you next time and we'll have to have your thoughts and insight on West Coast because we know you speak so highly of them. Oh, mate, I'm looking forward you to just, that. You just shredded uh, West Coast, one of the most listening. prestigious <laughs> AFL teams with the GWS <laughs> theme song. But uh, um, I, I will end it just um, uh, a quick, quick moment, just a condolences to my um, wife and her family yes. and that. Um, yeah, so, no, uh, Swizz. Sorry about that before, but um, yeah, all the best no, wishes mate, for don't, them. Don't apologise. I was going to say, you go, mate. Chris is used to finishing no. me off, mate. So it's um, – <laughs> uh, we'll – don't worry about the West Coast, mate. We'll do that tomorrow oh, no. and we'll catch up then. It's all good, buddy. All right, catch you guys. Bye, bud. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.